on this side over here. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Here in the middle. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. All the time. On this side, with the worship team helping, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good, everyone. All the time. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We have so many folks that, well, they're just laid up. They're sick. And uh, we are just going to plod along here by the help of the Lord. And may our plodding look real good and feel real good. There is a couple things that I'm going to do, or a couple items I'm going to have come off, and I think they are aware of it. And uh, we did this uh, over Thanksgiving with some of our college folks that were here over Thanksgiving, and there was a couple that was not able to be here. And we're going to ask them to come and give a testimony. And why don't you both come at the same time? Tommy and uh, Tyler, TNT, that's pretty good. I, I didn't know we was going to do it that way, TNT. All right. Tyler, you're, the, you're not the tallest, so we'll let you go first. Uh. So I guess uh, college has been good. Um, God's been good. It's been a good time. And everything's going well up there. So I have no complaints. I've been blessed. That's all Na I got. Name of your college and where it's at? Uh, Missouri Valley College. It's in Marshall, Missouri. All right. And do you guys play Northwestern? We do not. We do not. Okay. Just wanted to check. We're glad I have Tommy. We do see Tyler occasionally, but Tommy we don't see very often. Here from Chicago for a few days and attending Northwestern on the football team up there. Give Tommy a good welcome, would you? Thank you. It's nice to be back. Nice to see you guys' faces. I know we're missing a lot of people, but uh, nice to be back. Um, yeah, it's been good. Uh, got my major switch to psychology, so I'm studying that. So that's been good for me. And then just finished up our season. Didn't have a great season, but I think I had a good year. So hopefully brings on more opportunities for me in the future. Um, but, yeah, I've been blessed. And just continue to thank you guys for your support. So. All right. Thank you, Tommy. I, uh, I do know that a lot of us have watched you on TV, by the way. Yeah. And uh, you're getting ready for your third year, or are you going to break your this year? It's going to be my fourth year next year. Oh, fourth year, my okay. True, my true junior year. All right. Mm -hmm. We're just whatever is best for you, we pray for that. Mm -hmm. All right, give our men a good cheer. Would you do that? <laughs> Brother Harold, you come on. We thank you. Thank the good Lord. Our, give the service here to our associate pastor, but he's got to find his notes. Okay. 
All right. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. There's a lot of people missing, isn't there? We'll have prayer here in just a moment, but we'll do a couple of quick announcements. If you can be here Wednesday night, uh, we'll be having a communion service here at seven o'clock. So um, come and join us for that. And then uh, Sunday, December 26, remember, it'll be a Christmas celebration. There's no Sunday school that morning, so church will begin at 1030. So uh, Sunday, the 26th, make note of that. And uh, we'll be having a the following Wednesday, which is the 29th, will be considered a New Year's service. So you might come and see what the pastor has planned for that. So he's going to bring in the New Year on the 29th. That's hard to do. So I'm sure he's got some trick up his sleeve. So come join us for that. That, that service will be at 7 o'clock as well. Um, is there anybody need to make any announcements? Anything? All right, yep, so check the list in the back and continue to contribute to the food pantry if you can. Um, and if you will, let's all stand. We'll begin service with prayer this morning. Um, obviously, the number's sick. We want to remember them. I won't even begin to, to mention them all because I'll miss some of them. So uh, let's just remember all them who are not feeling well um, for different reasons. So God knows each one. Does anybody... Have any requests they want to mention? Anything? Yeah? Okay. You spoken? Molly? All right, let's remember uh, Terry. All right, unspoken requests anymore? You can raise your hands. Let's all pray this morning. God, God we come to you at this time, Lord. Uh, just praying, God, uh, for each of these uh, individuals. God, not feeling well, Lord. We know that you know each one. We know each condition. In this servant church, for your will to be done, your way to be fulfilled. So, God, in the name of Jesus, your prayer. Have your way, oh God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. We pray, God. Just pray that you continue to uh, use the food pantry, Lord. Uh, 
praise God. A blessing, God, and just help show us your love, Lord. Anoint the pastor here this morning, his words, God, that you would speak through him. And as he brings what you've given him, God. Praise God. Pray that you would love him, Lord. Anoint him, God. We worship this morning, Lord, just trusting in you, God. provide in each situation, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm just asking you to move and work upon each one, each one, Lord. And we just give you the praise for these things, God, in your name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If we could have a couple of guys come up and a couple of ushers, we'll take up the Sporting's offering. It'll be third Sunday today, so it would be an expense offering here for the church. So as you give, that's what it would go towards, and mark it on an envelope or check. Uh, if you need it to go somewhere else, then it will. Let's pray again. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to uh, give here this morning, God, and we're just uh, asking that you would bless it, God, bless the work of the church, Lord, that uh, you continue um, to uh, provide, God, and continue to direct what you want done, Lord, and we're just uh, asking that... Um, you would have your way in it and in this offering in your name. Amen. of uh, but they're all to worship our Savior right? all for that so let's just give God the praise and morning and thankful for Jesus Christ for his birth
hark the herald angels sing but of course it says king of heaven come down and while our king did come so many years ago to be born he still comes to live and live in our hearts and i'm so thankful for that and we want his will to be done don't we here on earth as it is in heaven
and 40s, about 48, I suppose, of pastoral ministry. I don't think my wife and I have ever experienced so many people being ill on a Sunday for a Sunday service. This, this is, um, I wish we somehow or another had a little motor for the chairs that are <laughs> about 70% uh, empty this morning for them to say amen every once in a while. I think that would be cool. And uh, But then on the other hand, the rest of you might get a little uh, lax in saying your amen, so we'll leave it alone for now. It is good to see you all here. And we really feel bad for those that are not able to be here. And I would say probably about two-thirds of our active congregation is not here today uh, because of illness. And uh, we, we're praying for you. We really are. Uh, I see some of you looking around. You don't see a lot of folks <laughs> here this morning. And uh, we, we do. We pray for you. We want you to be well and able to be with us in our next service. Thank the Lord that we are, that are here, are on our feet. We, were, we drove, we walked, and uh, we came in to buy the uh, ramp or the uh, sidewalk and, uh, and the steps. And some of you are here still uh, being affected uh, from other things that have been happening. I noticed uh, something that was rather, it was humorous to me. It may not be to them. But this morning, uh, Brother Joe and Vicki Cicion, when they came into church, he had recently had a shoulder surgery. And he's still kind of a one-armed man, and he started to reach for the door, and then he pulled his hand arm back and waited for his wife to come and open the door for him. And uh, I thought that was, I just thought that was cute. I really did. <laughs> we are grateful today that in this season, even though there are many uh, physical ills that are affecting our community, that we have the presence, the favor, and the joy of knowing that we are children of God. And of course, it does not come as a secret to anyone. We are in the year in which we celebrate the cause of Christ, his purpose, and of course because we are celebrating his birth, we are so grateful today as Christians that we know that Jesus is the one we lift up. As a matter of fact, he is the one that is in charge. That is the title of my presentation today on this fourth Advent Sunday. Jesus is in charge. I want us to know 
that I don't mean to take anything away from anyone in their leadership role. Those that might be over me, me, you, and what we are responsible for. But Jesus is still the one in charge. He is what it is all about. And I noticed that when I was in the Sunday school class this morning, that one of the verses that was read is a part of my text today from Isaiah chapter 9, and I'll give another uh, verse to it, verse 7, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. The prophet wrote these words over 2,000 years ago, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Hang on to that thought, if you will, please. Upon the throne of David, remember that thought as well, and upon his kingdom, don't forget that one, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with just justice and with even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. The humanity in my reading came out then. I, I lost my place. And maybe we're going to have to make my writing bigger. <laughs> the title that I have put with our presentation today, Who is in Charge? It is the fourth Advent Sunday of this Christmas season, meaning four Sundays before the coming of, of Christmas Day. My scriptures are from King James Version, the old-fashioned one for most of us. And for those who have never been experienced with the old-fashioned, it means the same thing in your translation. But I would like for you to note two or three things from these scriptures that I have shared and how it pertains to this very thought that Jesus is in charge. Now, if you want to look at these two verses from the theological standpoint, let me just help you for a little bit. When we read these words, these words were written in part 
to the children of Israel several years, hundreds of years before the Messiah was born. And this is what the children of Israel was hoping for. They was hoping for that Messiah. They didn't quite understand what he was going to be like, but they knew that the prophets had said he'd be called Wonderful, that he'd be called a counselor, he'd be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And they knew that this mighty Messiah that was going to be born to them, that Isaiah was writing about, that he was going to be an all-power individual. His majesty was going to be supreme and, and surpass everything of leadership, government, and power in this world because the prophets had said his increase of his government or power or rule and the peace that he is going to bring to the world, there would be no end to it. That pretty well covers it. Uh, no wonder they were hoping for him and looking for him and looking for that day to come. The prophets had shared with them that he would do this in a fair way. Hence you have the word judgment there. And that it was not going to be a band-aid. They probably didn't use band-aids back then, but I'm doing that for those that like some new translations. That it would be henceforth, not temporarily, it would be forevermore. And then Isaiah in the seventh verse, the last line of that verse says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Very simply, that means the will of God and the power of God is going to direct and cause this to happen. Well, what a wonderful thing here on this fourth Sunday, Advent Sunday to Christmas, the celebration of Christ's birthday, which historians tell us that may have been in June or July, actually, but it's not his birthday. He's already been born. It's a celebration of his birthday. And so we find the scripture in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he continues what the prophet has got to say. This is in the 15th chapter, verses 24 and 28. And it's still about the Lord that is in charge. Indeed, let me remind you, the children of Israel were looking, anticipating that day in which the child would be born. Now then, we have another look of who's in charge as Christ has already been born into this world lived, died, and promises, promises of his coming back. Paul wrote to the church there concerning this scripture that I've shared with you this morning. Now you may think that some of these scriptures that I'm going to share in the next few minutes 
just work at the funeral home or the graveside, but they were written for not only the time of the Corinthians, but was written for us here today. So, here we go. Advent, us. The scripture says, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and authority and power. Well, there was a hundreds of years in between the prophet Isaiah and the man we call the Apostle Paul in the writing here. So much has happened. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, I don't have the energy. You don't have the time. And probably Jesus would come back before I got through. But all these things that we know of and has been written has occurred. Now we're up to the day of the Apostle Paul and us. Then cometh the end when he have, shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. Even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and all authority and all power. I've sometimes, when I read that, I wonder if that means the electrical companies and will they send storms. But anyway, all the things that exist that are not of the order of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he, next verse, shall reign. He, till he hath put all enemies under his feet. You want to get even with somebody, live for the Lord. If you're tired of the way things are going, live for the Lord. Because the reign of the Lord is an indication that everything that has started, everything that is going on, everything that is planned, that is not of the Lord, it's going to be cut off. It's going to come to an end. I mean, if there is a, too low of a speed limit in your neighborhood, don't worry about it. You're not going to have to travel that street anymore when you live for the Lord. For you see, He is going to reign, and all enemies will be put under His feet. Now, some of this that I'm touching on that you last heard at perhaps a graveside service, I don't know where you've been lately and what you've been listening to, but you often hear these scriptures at the uh, service of, of our loved one or someone's loved one. We may not have loved them because we may not have known them, but we only love them with the love of Christ. But... It's going to happen. And Paul said it this way. 
Now, they weren't your enemy. I'm not talking about those folks that were your enemies, okay? But the enemy that is being talked about here, let me read the scripture, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That is talking about the fact of the shadows, darkness, Hades, the grave of, of death. That is the one that is the last one that's going to be destroyed. Because you see, the next verse explains it. For he hath put all things, that includes death, all things under his feet. For when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. I like that because this scripture, the way it's wrote, it requires explanation, and that's the reason the preacher has a job. This scripture is very simply saying, and I love to say it that way because, oh, I thought that scripture was complicated. You're going to simplify it for me now. Yes, I am. There is going to be the day that every confusing thing, everything that is so wrapped up in technology, Scientology, and everything else that is so confounding to mankind out there, very simply, going to be put under his feet. It's going to be destroyed. It is manifest. That is, it is going to happen. It is going to be determined. It is going to be accomplished. Because he is the one that is in charge, accepted, is the word in the King James Version. He is the one that is in charge, and he has put all things under him. Now then, Paul is still writing to the church at Corinth. Wasn't that a wonderful verse of scripture? I, I, I am, uh, the older I get, and the older my wife's husband gets, they're the same people. The older I get, I realize how great the Word of God is. It, it just, just, it excites me. It really does. I, I, would, I would think, uh, well, I, I found a place to eat the other day by accident. My wife was hungry and putting pressure on me to find a place, and the only thing I got... Fine was a place that we had never ate at, at before, and it was called Lotta Burger. Oh, I'd seen Patrick Mahomes advertise it, and he's connected with them and so on. But we had never, in our years here in Kansas City, we had never ate at Lotta Burger. Oh, I tell you, that's the most wonderful uh, place to eat. Patrick Holmes, I want to cut your money. Ties paid into this church. All right. When all things, note the scripture, when all things shall be subdued under him, remember, under his foot, everything that is not like we're talking about us. We're talking about in that age in which the Lord is ruling the world. Not about his coming. He's already came at this time. We've already lived our lives. He's already uh, lived, died, and came back again. It is a wonderful time. And now this, Paul is describing it. He said, when all things shall be 
subdued unto him. In other words, there's, there's no more flack being given to the Lord, his people, his way. When all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be in all. He's got the whole world in the palm of his hand. How many would like for me to sing that? Just Joe. I don't count at all. <laughs> the fact is, God is going to be in charge. Not us. Not mankind. Everything that was against it, stepped aside, been stomped on. Everything has been subdued conquered. By the way, the last time you were at a funeral service, did you hear a preacher carry on this way with these same scriptures? No, you never. But they probably did when everybody was living and treating him right. The scripture says, according to Paul, when all these things are taken care of, been conquered, subdued, even the Son Jesus himself, he will continue being subject unto him who gave Jesus the power to put all things under him, that God may be in all, everyone. God's world. He created it, by the way. Why not? He... he he did it in seven days, but uh, that was okay. But on the seventh day, he I don't know how long that was. The scripture tells us it could have been a thousand years, just that seventh day. But he created it all. How did it begin? Where did it begin? In Luke chapter 2, you've heard this before, verses 8 through 14, we have a great announcement about how all this had its beginning for us. And the reason we celebrate the fourth Sunday, or celebrate in this fourth Sunday, Advent, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. I told you you've heard these verses before. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This is the announcement. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is a sign, shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, that meant rags, lying in the manger, that meant where the hay and feed was put for the cattle. And here comes the beginning, the beginning of the introduction. And suddenly, I, I, two of my Favorite verses in all of the Bible, I do believe. There was with the angel 
a multitude of the heavenly host. I wonder how many that was. I guarantee you they didn't need Harold and PA system and so on. I mean, they needed Harold, but they did not need the PA system. They didn't need anything to amplify their voices because this was a heavenly thing coming from the heavens. A multitude, they were praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I think that is so wonderful. I, if I could go back, that, that is one of the things that I would love to be able to see if I could be put in a time machine and go back to that time. I'd also love to, another time, this don't cost anything, I'm just selling this out for the charge. I would love to have been there when Jesus was baptized in the river of Jordan and the voice of God came from heaven in the form of a dove saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now then, we have the announcement of Jesus coming. I love what Philip Brooks wrote in the year 1877. He wrote a song that is one of the renowned songs of the Christmas season. It's entitled, O Little Town of Bethlehem. In this particular song, I refer to verse 1. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Wasn't much going on in that town. It was quiet. But it said, the writer said, Mr. Brooks wrote, Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. But something was happening. Yet in the star dark street shineth, something was happening. The everlasting life was being born. The hopes that Isaiah wrote about, that Paul was eventually hundreds of years later to address, and which we've already shared with you, it was about to be introduced to the world. And the words of Brooks in the song that he wrote, A Little Town of Bethlehem, he phrased it this way, the hopes and fears of all the years are met. We're talking that manger. We're talking about those rags. It is met in thee tonight. I hope sometime in the future that you will be able, when you sing that song, you'll think about some of the deep meanings that are in the song. I could not find the author I've researched, I've just read, and I know the comments, uh, I've had them on paper for a period of time, of the next quote that I'm getting ready to give you. I like to give uh, ownership, credit to those that write things that I use, but I could not find this author unknown, it could be said. 
And so it is, at the time of Bethlehem, these words that I found appropriate to give to this presentation this morning. Darkness, that's what the world is living in. Darkness to light, shadows of death. That's the darkness. Shadows of death to light. Now going back to Isaiah chapter 9 again, because Isaiah addressed this particular thought. Verse 2, the people that walked in darkness, the people that were asleep in Bethlehem that night, by the way, they've seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thank God. Who is in charge? Of course, Jesus is in charge. There's a beautiful little story I shared here a few years ago concerning a man who was the general manager of the YMCA in the late 1800s in western Pennsylvania. It was a growing organization, but it was having difficulty staying afloat financially in that particular section of Pennsylvania. As a matter of fact, the general manager, he was overworked, according to the story. Bills were piling up, much stress. It was getting to him. And one day, as all the stuff was mounting in his life, he took a walk out into the woods near where he lived. And after walking in the woods for a little while, he sat down with his back against a tree, and he just began to write a note, a little letter to the Lord, and he did not know what to say except I resign. I cannot go on anymore, is what he was saying. I resign. And at that time that he wrote those words with tears streaming down his face, the Lord spoke to him. It is not known whether it was an audible voice or if it was just a spiritual feeling. But the Lord said to him, good, go back to work. And when he went back, he had another attitude. There was something different in his walk. There was something that was just wonderful and glowing in his demeanor because he had turned it all over to the Lord. The Lord is in charge. It is said he will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. Let the weary world rejoice. The Lord is in charge. Whatever the issues could be, or whatever the issues are in your life, we need the one who we celebrate the anniversary of his birth, 
Jesus, we need to allow him to come in, prevail, have his dominance, and it's right away with our thinking, with our attitudes, with our directives that we're trying to solve and resolve on our own many times. He is in charge, remembering that he will reign forever, remembering that his kingdom will never end, knowing that as the weary people that we can become, that the world can rejoice when we give it to the Lord. The Lord is in charge. As we come to the close of this service this morning, I wish to give each of us, oh, I, I don't care what your profession is, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter degree of educational level that you may have. It does not matter the uh, financial success you've had in this world, and it does not matter of the disappointments and failures that you've had. Everyone can get to the place that their life becomes heavy. We, we can't control it. Sometimes it's just we can't believe that this has happened to me or happened to us. But let us remember the Lord is in charge. He will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. Let the world rejoice. Would you stand? As we stand this morning, First, the pastor wishes to pray a prayer for you. And then our closing prayer, I would like to ask all of us to pray a closing prayer and pray what is on your heart. Some of you might be praying just for your families that there is so much sickness abounding. You may want to pray for yourself if you are at a place in your life and you don't know what direction to go, whatever, I'm not going to tell you what to pray. I'm going to ask you in our closing prayer to pray as the Lord gives you need to pray to the Lord. The first, Father, I want to pray for our congregation here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for them. And even though many of our folks are absent today because of illness, and we pray for them, Lord. Lord, please be with them in a special way, helping them. And Lord, I pray that as we celebrate, as we experience the anniversary of the birth of Christ, we want, Lord, to lift him up in our lives and for him to have his Power, grace, love, mercy, direction in all of our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each one. Praise your name, O Lord. And now then, in our closing prayer, I'd like to ask each one of you 
to pray as the Lord directs you in whatever spiritual direction the Lord causes you to pray and need to pray. Let us all pray together. Father, as we come to the end of this service this morning, we're so very grateful to have been gathered in thy name. We're grateful, Lord, for your love and mercy to us. We're thankful, Lord, that you care for each and every one of us. Oh, Lord, we have so many that are ill and affected today. We pray, God, for their well-being. Lord, we pray for their recovery, complete and whole. Lord, we pray for those that are lost and not knowing what direction they need to go. But, Lord, you are the great usher, guider. Lord, you are the one that understands everything that we experience. Oh, Lord God, I pray today that you'll be with each one, direct each one, oh, Lord. Guide us, oh, God, I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Thank <laughs> you.